0: Well, good morning, my friends. Uh, this podcast is number 245. It's uh, for Thursday, March 18th. By this time, we'll be hopefully in our new home, settled in, and uh, I'll start to uh, to do podcasts from my new office. I'm excited and excited for what God is doing, and I pray that you are well. Um, grab your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 21. We're still in our series, The Last Week of Jesus' Life. We're coming off of... Um, Jesus uh, cursing the fig tree, his authority being challenged. And then yesterday, we talked about how uh, in Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through uh, 32, um, the father is rejected. And now, um, as we get into the second part, we look at the parable of the tenants, the second of the two parables. The first one was the parable of the two sons. Um, The second one is the parable of the tenants, where there is this vineyard that has been given, uh, for the husbandman um, to take care of and uh and um the the it 's time to to go and see about getting their part of the fruit and um Jesus is speaking this we need to understand this with the Pharisees in sight and we 're going to see this as we as we read these verses that he is turning up the heat he is forcing their hand. you remember there was a time when he walked on this earth and he he would heal and say don't tell anyone." He would uh, say, "No, it's not my time, uh, even at the the wedding of Cana, he said to his mother woman it's what have you what have I have to do with this? This is not my time but then it was his time that would be revealed in just uh, as he did the miracle and started to do the things that would reveal himself, but now he's just totally pulled out all the stops, and he is pressing their hand as he's headed towards um the time of his death um So we look in uh, Matthew chapter 21, and we're reading in verse uh, 33 through 46. Grab your Bibles, uh, Matthew 21, 33 through 46. And now I want you to listen to this, understanding again now that the vineyard is Israel. And through the Old Testament, the rock would represent God. He's our fortress. He's our high tower. He's the one we run into. He's our our foundation. So read with that in in your minds. Um, Here, another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard. Remember, God is the master planter of this vineyard. And we're gonna go to Isaiah chapter five in just a moment and see that. Um, um, and he put up a fence around it, the walled city of Jerusalem, and dug a wine press in it, and built a tower, and leased it to the tenants, the Jews, and went out into another country. So he's he's building the story, and they're listening. Um, when the season for fruit drew near, right, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. Now the servants were initially the prophets. One by one, he would send his prophets. Um, and the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, stoned another. So how did they treat the prophets? Not very well. We learned that last, uh, yesterday when we were looking at what, what Jesus says as he's entering Jerusalem and Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you under myself like a mother hand gathers the chicks, but you would not Jerusalem. You who killed the prophets, um, And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another again. He sent other servants, more prophets, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son. Finally, he sent his son. Underline that verse 37. They will respect my son. Now, God obviously knows, right? So he's telling the story as a parable. He's not revealing it. Uh, To them, because God is omniscient and God would know that his son would be disrespected and be killed. Verse 38, but when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and then we'll have his inheritance. They took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him, look at that, outside the city, took him out of the vineyard and we'll look at that in Hebrews in just a moment. Uh, When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to these tenants? They say to him, uh, he will put uh, they said to him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him their fruits in their season." Jesus said to them, "Have you not read in the scriptures the stone remember the rock is is, is always of God is it 's a symbol of god it 's also a symbol of the of Messiah. The stone that the builders rejected, which would be Jesus Christ, has become the cornerstone. This was the lord 's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes Um, we're going to go to psalm 118 also in a little bit therefore i tell you the kingdom of god will be taken away from you and given to the people a people producing its fruits given to the gentiles given to those who would follow and the one who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces and and when the when it falls on the stone or the stone falls on anyone it will crush him what do we got here We have repentance versus judgment. And the one who falls on the stone falls in repentance, will be broken to pieces, meaning that our broken lives then will be repaired by God, by the stone. But the one who rejects him, the stone will fall on him and it will crush him. I hope you understand that. I hope I explained it. Repentance versus judgment. We fall on the stone in repentance. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, and we bow our knees and we humble ourselves and we repent. and God takes our pieces of our life and rebuilds it, or the stone falls on us in judgment if we do not. And although they were seeking to arrest him, uh, oh, wait a minute, verse 45, this is key. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard these parables, his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. They understood the vineyard. They understood the story. And why would they have understood the story about the vineyard and the rock and all that? Because they understood the scriptures. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah, the prophet, chapter 5. Chapter 5, we'll look at verses 1 through 7. It says this. Let me sing for my beloved for my love song uh, concerning his vineyard. Underline vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill, um, which is Jerusalem. He dug and uh, dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed, had a, hewed out a, a wine vat in it and he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now, O oh, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judea, uh, Judah, that's the dividing or d- divided kingdom, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not already done in it? When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you that I will go to the, I, what, what I will do to the vineyard, I will remove its hedge, its wall of protection, it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall and it shall be trampled down. I will make a waste of it and it shall not be pruned or hoed and briars and thorns shall grow up. I will also command the clouds, that they rain no rain upon him. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. And he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed for righteousness. and But behold, an outcry came. Isaiah chapter five. Now, while we're in the new or the Old Testament, we look here at the vineyard. Let's go to Psalm 118, because Jesus quotes Psalm 118 in this portion of scripture in Matthew chapter 21. Uh, Psalm 118, verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is the mar- it is marvelous in our eyes. That's the one that he, he quoted there. Then this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Some of you wondered where that was for that song later. But now verses 25 and 26, just a few days earlier, Jesus comes riding in on a cult in to Jerusalem. And what do they sing? Verses 25 and verse 26. Save us, Hosanna, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. So we see in these portions of Scripture, Jesus quoting the Old Testament. And we see in these portions of Scripture that they understood, the Pharisees understood that he was pointing towards them. He was pointing towards this rock. He was pointing towards uh, the vineyard. He was pointing towards those who would plant, uh, plant the vineyard and a time when uh, when God would come to 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 reap from this vineyard. Now, how do we know? How do we know that Jesus in this particular parable? is the air that we're talking about or Jesus is talking about and the air that would be sent to the vineyard to collect at the proper time and the proper time would be the fruit or the the people who would be saved, the people who would come to the Lord and they would see the fruit. Let's look at Hebrews chapter one, verses one and two. Long ago, Hebrews one, verse one and two, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers how by the prophets. In the first part of the story, he sent his servants, and they killed them one by one. How did they treat the prophets? Jesus says, not well, you who killed the prophets. But verse 2 is key. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, underline his son, whom he appointed the heir underline heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He sends his one and only heir. The prophets have been killed. Even John the Baptist, the final prophet, has been killed. So we see him send Jesus Christ, his son. And how do they treat his son? Turn over a few pages in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, I hope you're getting this. I hope you're understanding this. I hope I'm explaining it well. If I'm not, it's on me, it's not on you. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, um, oh, oh, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 12 and 13. Hebrews chapter 13 says this in verse 12. So Jesus also suffered where? Outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go uh, with to him outside the gate and uh, and bear the reproach he endured. Why outside the gate? What did they do to the son? They drug him outside the vineyard and they took his life. They drug him outside the vineyard and they took his life. Now let's go back to Psalms. And we're going to look at the the rock. I told you that that, um, in the Old Testament, the rock represents God, and it represents also Christ, as we saw in Psalm 118, the cornerstone. Let's look at Psalm 18 this time. Three verses there. Psalm 18, verse 2. Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Slip down to verse 31, for who is God but the Lord and who is a rock except our God? And then slip down to verse 46, the Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation. That's important for us to understand that in the Old Testament, the rock symbolized or stood for God. And also that we saw also about the cornerstone or this stone that would be tripped over, that the those who would fight against it would trip over and the stone would become a stumbling stone instead of a foundation stone. Now turn to Acts chapter 4 and verse 11. Uh, Peter is preaching be- uh, before the council, before the Sanhedrin. They've done a marvelous miracle through Christ in Acts chapter 3. The lame man has been restored. He has never walked, and he's, he's all of a sudden walking, and people are confusing him, saying, well, it looks like him, and he says, no, it is me. And so they call, they call Peter and John in before the Sanhedrin, and look what they say in Acts chapter 4, verse 11. This Jesus, Acts chapter 4, verse 11, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. Now they were to be the builders; they were to be the the husbandmen who took care of the vineyard. And the very stone that God sent to them, His Son, they have killed him. They have rejected him. They have killed him. Why? Because they wanted the vineyard all to themselves. They wanted to be um, left alone. They wanted to do what they wanted to do. Turn to First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. Oh, this is uh, this is um, understandable today. I hope I'm making it understandable. First uh, Peter chapter 2. Let's look at verses 1 through 8. We have a couple more scriptures. We'll land this thing. Um, chapter 2 verse 1. So put away any malice, all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander. He's talking to his holy people here. He's talking to them first, but it applies to you and I as well. We can apply it to our lives. None of these things should be in our lives. Deceit, malice, hypocrisy, envy, slander. Like newborn infants infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it they may grow up into salvation. We need to continue to grow. Remember, we are saved, we're being saved, and at his coming or at, at our death, when we go to him, the salvation will be complete. If indeed you have tasted That the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, his precious stone. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, for it stands in scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, um, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Even though they rejected Jesus Christ, he's become the cornerstone and now to them, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. They, they disobeyed the word as they were destined to do. Anybody who would turn away and turn away from God's son, the stone Jesus Christ becomes a stumbling stone. One more more scripture and we'll land this. Romans chapter eight and verse 33. Romans chapter eight and uh, verse 32 and 33, excuse me. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also uh, give us, graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God and who indeed is interceding for us. That cornerstone. That rock of offense to those who rejected him is our cornerstone and the cornerstone of the church. And we are living stones if we have given our lives to Christ and God is building his church upon his cornerstone, Jesus, the foundation, and upon our lives as his living priests. Let me pray for us in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Until we talk again.